0: Well, listen, it is so good to see each and every one of you this morning. If you don't know me, my name is Pastor Lindsey, and I am an assistant pastor here at New Life Church. And um, y'all, we were, we were so excited to get back in the gym that we forgot to call the projector and let him know that we were back this week. Um, and he didn't get the memo, and so he was tired. And he tried. You saw he tried for a few minutes, and we just let him go back to bed. We said, we'll pick back up next week. So y'all pray for him that he can get back in the groove of things. But, you know, I'm telling you, we were so excited to get back in. And then that projector. Y'all just have to know how much I love when stuff like that goes wrong. I don't at all. But, (laughs) well, listen, I'm really excited to be here this morning, get the opportunity to share with you. How many of you guys have ever um, been trying to do something and it just doesn't work? And like you YouTubed it even, and you YouTubed it, and you're following all the directions, and it's just not working. And then someone else walks in the room, and you're like sweating because you've been doing it for a real long time. And they just walk right over, and they fix it. Mm-mm. And let me tell you something. I I am a 40-year-old woman now, and um, yeah, I know. you heard me. If I'm 40, how old does that make you? We won't We won't start adding numbers right now. Not too long ago, though, I was at youth camp, and um, the girls wanted me to uh, curl my hair and put on makeup, and that's funny to them because clearly that's not something I do on a regular basis. I don't even own a curling iron myself, and so Eden was all of 12, and she's explaining to me how to use this wand curling iron to curl my hair, and she's like, Miss Lindsay, you you just do this. You just take it, and you twist it, and you do it, and and it works. Now, I told y'all, I am a full-grown adult. And I am standing in front of this mirror. And these 12- and 13-year-old girls are putting on eyeliner. And they're curling their hair. And I'm like, I can do this. I can do this. Well, let me tell you what. I could not do this. And I got about... I did one little roll, and my hair was twisted up in a weird direction. And Eden looked at me, and she said, Miss Lindsay, why don't you just let me do it for you? Uh huh. Now she's 12, right? So this is me squatting down to let a 12-year-old curl my hair because I could not do it. And she just did it like that, and she made it look so easy. And I thought, here I was working so hard, and I just could not do it. She made it look easy. Anybody ever been in that boat before, right? How many of you have been in that boat with life before? You just working hard on life. You are just out there just doing the things and all the things. And it just seems sometimes like everybody else is like, oh, you'll get it eventually. You're going to get your stuff together here in a minute. I just know it. And I'm sitting here thinking, I don't think I'm ever going to get my stuff together. I just don't think it's going to happen. And some people seem to make it look so easy with so many different things. It just seems like things come easy to them. and, And sometimes it just doesn't feel like it comes easy to us. In the book of Philippians, Paul is writing to a group of people who are facing some difficulty. They're facing some some difficult times, some difficult circumstances, and Paul is in jail, in chains. But he writes to them to tell them how to do things. (laughs) He made it look easy. Here they were living life and really struggling and facing some difficulty and some persecution. And the guy who's sitting in jail, he writes this letter to them to try to explain to them how they can walk in purpose and in peace despite their circumstances. Don't you think there were probably a few of them who thought, my gosh, how can we not get it together when Paul is in chains and yet he is at a place of peace and purpose in his life and we can't seem to get it together man I bet he made it look easy but he shares with them you know you got to have just the right tip sometimes sometimes it's just one little thing that makes it work right if anyone has a tip for the projector just your one little thing please let us know right I'm sure there's one little thing sometimes we just need that one little thing And so today I want to just share with you a couple of points, kind of pulling together some things out of Philippians about how Paul pointed people to a life of purpose and peace in the midst of their difficulties. And one of the ways it started was just letting the right person do the work. I should have just let Eden curl my hair from the beginning. Because I didn't know what I was doing. And sometimes we save ourselves a lot of trouble if we let the right person do the work. And that comes to our life, too. Any of you in here an expert on everything? I mean, I am. I think so, anyway. I'm pretty confident about it. But then a lot of times I find out, "Mm, well, I mean, I spoke confidently on that. But maybe I didn't really know. (laughs) And here Paul just very lovingly, lovingly lets these people know, hey, maybe you should let the right person do the work. You're working real hard at something that's not your job. From start to finish, first of all, we have to know today, this is our first point from start to finish, we have to know today that God finishes what he starts. And God is not like us. He does not have a stack of unfinished projects. Anybody got a room that's only halfway painted? Some of, some women just looked at their husbands. <laughs> we got projects that are halfway finished, right? But listen, with God, He does not quit out halfway on His project. You're not a hobby that He grows bored with. He what He starts, He finishes. It's an amazing concept that we probably should all kind of grasp a little bit harder. To God. Whatever he starts, he finishes. And listen, so I want to tell you really quickly, if you're feeling a little bit like your life has been abandoned mid-renovation, if you're feeling a little bit like, I felt like we were going the right direction, and now it seems like the work crew has left. (laughs) They've been on lunch for, I don't know, one or two hours, five years, something along those lines. You have to be cautious and be careful and just don't get overwhelmed because God always finishes what he starts. Paul starts out and he tells them, I thank my God every time I remember you. This is in Philippians 1, 3 through 6. I thank my God every time I remember you in all my prayers for all of you. I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to the completion until the day of Christ Jesus He's bringing encouragement to them that's reminding them that he will finish what he has started. He's gonna finish what he started. And I love that he says, When I pray for you, I do so with joy because of your partnership in the gospel with me. So many times I know it can feel like when it feels like we're kind of in a rut in life, it can feel like that somehow maybe we're not walking with God anymore. But Paul quickly reminds them, Hey, listen. I'm thankful to God because of your partnership in the gospel with me. And listen, you may be facing some difficulties right now, but that does not mean that you are no longer within the partnership of the gospel. That is sure. That is said. Listen, if you have asked Jesus into your heart and you are walking out this life with him, even in the moments where it feels a little difficult or he feels a little distant or a little hard, don't grow weary And don't give up hope. You are a part of the partnership of the gospel. And you must remember what this verse is telling us here. God who began the work in you. You didn't begin the work. God did. And he finishes what he starts. And so if you're feeling unfinished, you probably are. Because God's still working things out. And sometimes that process can be a little, a little slow at times. Sometimes it can feel like we're a little bit alone in the middle of a renovation of our life. But God always finishes what he starts. And so the first thing today we have to remember is whose job it is to do the work. Who does the work in our life? Man, you can work really hard, but the truth of the matter is it's God who does the work. In your life. It is God who works things out. And so if you can kind of take a step back for just a minute and whoo, take a deep breath because it's God who's got this under control. And he is going to finish what he has started in you. And I want to encourage you today, listen, if, if you're not sure that there's any good work in you, God doesn't pick projects that are unfinishable. There's good in you. There is good in your life. God created you on purpose for a time, set you apart. And whether you're here today and you're 12 or 40 or 70-something, God has a good work for you. He is good things for you. Your life is not a waste. Your project has not been abandoned. God is going to complete what he started in, in your life. But maybe you might want to just let him have the hammer just for a minute because he's the one who does the work. Now, there is some work that we have to do a little bit. And I want to look at this verse in Philippians chapter 2 a little bit later. He says, Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Now we're going to pause because that fear and trembling, that's your part. <laughs> Sorry about that. The fear and trembling, the working out your salvation with fear and trembling, that's the work you're called to do. But before we get to that, I want to look at this one little spot where he says, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in, court, in order to fulfill his good purpose. God works in you to will and to act. You know, God will actually work in you so that your will aligns with his In Romans 12, 2, it talks about how that we are transformed by the renewing of our mind and that because of that transformation in our mind, because of God coming in and us allowing him to do the work in us, because of him actually being in us and working through us, that we will be able to test and approve the will of God for our lives. Do you know that God can actually will you to act? I was reading a really interesting story when I was studying this passage of Scripture about a pastor who was out for a drive one night. And he felt just for some reason led to drive along the coastline. And it was out of his way, and he didn't really know the route, but he went. And he found a young couple walking along the highway hitchhiking. And he never picked up hitchhikers, but he felt led to. And so he picked them up, and he talked to them about Jesus. And then he told them and showed them where he was going to be preaching the next night. And he didn't think any more about it. But they had told him that they were out of work, that they needed a job. They weren't sure where to go with their life. They were just kind of lost. And the next night, they showed up at church. And they came forward and gave their lives to Christ. And the man who prayed for them owned a cattle ranch and needed a farmhand to help work. And it provided housing, free housing for whoever came to do the work. And in a moment, that family, that young couple, found not only their way to Christ, but their way to have their life be back on track. That sometimes is how God wills and leads us to act. I think so many times people put this idea of God's purpose in our life as supposed to be some big, huge thing. And there's a whole generation of people waiting for God to do something big in their life. They're waiting to sell out an arena or preach before thousands of people. They're waiting for some big purpose, like money to fall in their lap so that they can go out and do some magnificent big work for God. And sure, that's a part of the purpose sometimes. But a lot of times we have to realize that the work God does in us, the purpose in us is to yield ourselves to his will so that he can lead us to act according to his will. And that can be in big ways. But sometimes, a lot of the time, most of the time, it's in a really small way. A lot of times the purpose God has for your life has to do with that person whose path you're going to cross tomorrow. It has to do with that situation you're going to walk into, that job that you walk into every single day, the same routine over and over again. If you will yield your life to God, if you will allow him to come in and work within your life, if you will allow yourself to let your will begin to mold into his will, then you will find yourself walking in a purpose that is bigger than any stadium could fill. And that's greater than anything you could have imagined. This world teaches us to look for the big and think that that's success. But a populated heaven is the biggest success there is. And it's not always populated through the big things. It's populated through the conversations that we have. Through us learning to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit as he leads and directs us to move, to will, and to act. Begin to think in your life about the people who have showed up right on time to do something in your life. That they were led by the Holy Spirit in a way that may not have seemed big to them. But they don't have any idea how much them being led by the Holy Spirit changed your life. I have some dear friends who sold a house one time. And the Lord blessed them with more money than they expected to make off that house. And they handed me a check for $1,000. And I could not even explain it. They had absolutely no idea where my family was or what we were facing. And to them, they just were following the leading of the Holy Spirit. Felt a little awkward, I'm sure. But it completely changed the trajectory and path for my family in that moment. The leading of the Holy Spirit will will you to move and act in a way that could completely redirect someone else's path to Jesus. You may never stand in an arena. Their name may not be thousands of people who know your name. In fact, people that you cross may never know your name. But if you are led by the Holy Spirit to help their path get closer to Jesus, then you are walking in the perfect will of God for your life. And Paul, in this moment in chains, is reminding these people facing difficulty, God will do the work he started in you. It is a good work, and he will see it through to completion. And if you will yield to him, he will get your will to line up with his will, and you will walk in your purpose. But remember right before that, he says, your job is to work out your faith with fear and trembling. (laughs) Fear and trembling. This is the one time Paul tells them that they have work to do and it's working out their faith because no one else can work out your faith for you. Only you. You ever wanted to work out somebody's life for them? Like I told you, I'm, I got answers. So, I mean, somebody's like, I don't know what to do with my life. I can come up with like four ideas right now. Let's, let's make a five-year plan, right? Right? Part of it's part of my job for the school. I do some guidance counselor type stuff, and I help kids make college plans. Right? I'm like, let's figure this out. Let's find some money. Let's go to school. Right. But this is the part that Paul tells them, your salvation, here's a side note, it's only your salvation, it's nobody else's. And if you're a parent, you know how hard that can be to watch your child maybe not work out their salvation with fear and trembling. They just live in life with no fear and no trembling, and you would need them to kind of get back in line. Oh, it's so hard. We want to just do it. But Paul says, you have to work out your faith with fear and trembling because you have to decide. You have to decide where you are in this. That confidence comes from knowing that no matter where God is working in you, your purpose is good. And you have to wrestle it out with him. I stumbled upon some verses in Matthew chapter 21 about two brothers Jesus looks at both of them. He's telling the story. The father looks at the first one, and he says, go and work in the vineyard today. And the first son says, no. But it says, but later he thinks better of it, and he goes and does it. The second son, he says, go and work in the vineyard. And the son says, yes, but then he doesn't go. And Jesus looks at them, and he says, this is why the tax collectors and the prostitutes are making it to heaven, but not you. Because they said no at first, but then they thought better of it, and they turned their life around. Let me tell you something. This whole world is full of a bunch of Christians who know what they're supposed to do, and who every single Sunday and every single day are saying, yes, God, and then not doing it. They're not doing it. We're not wrestling with our faith. Because let me tell you something. People who wrestle with God walk with limps. It's hard to ask God the hard questions. It's hard to wrestle with him at times. There are times where it's not peaceful. There's times where you come to God with questions that are real and they are hard and you won't get the answer that you want. And you have to wrestle with it. But we can no longer keep saying, yes, God, yes, God, and not walking it out. Listen, if you've been saying no to God in your life for a long time, it's okay. You can say yes today. Don't wait too long. But there's always a point where you can say yes to Jesus. And if you've been saying yes to Jesus for a lot of years but not really doing it, today is the day wrestle with fear and trembling because we serve a holy God a righteous God who in his absolute kindness only in his kindness and unfathomable love chose to come down and set us free from the bonds of sin and shame and pay for us a way to have access to God and to spend eternity with him who gave us the power to bring the kingdom of God here on earth as it is in heaven right now In his unfathomable love, he made that decision to do and sacrifice for you and me. But we have to decide if we are going to accept it. Are we going to wrestle with it? Are we going to tussle with God? Are we going to get down and dirty and say, I don't get some of these things. I don't understand them. Why is life so hard? Why do I have these moments of difficulty? And then still get up on the other side and make the decision to keep walking with God. Because he is God. And he is true and honest and loving and faithful, and consistent in all the things that we need, that this world needs. But we have to be willing to wrestle. God does the work, but we have to give him access. If our house is feeling like it's been abandoned a little bit in the middle of the renovation, it might be time for us to wrestle a little bit. A lot of times when it feels like the work of God has stopped in our life, it's because we put a stop to it. We quit working out that salvation. We quit, not the other way around. Mm, Why does it feel like nothing's happening in my spirit? Why does it feel like my life is off track or I'm wandering without purpose? Maybe you need to wrestle a little bit with your faith. And you need to give yourself and and let God have access back in. So Paul points all of these people in this direction. And he reminds them that God's going to complete what he started in you. And he tells them that it is their responsibility to work out their salvation. To grasp God and all that he is and take hold of a life with him. He reminds them That he will lead their will and guide them to act in purpose. That he has the plan and he will lead them in it. And then he reminds them that there's peace in the practice of faith. There is not much peace in the world. But there is peace in the practice of faith. There's something about wrestling with your faith that will actually ease the fear and trembling. It's like when you wrestle with your dad when you're a kid, right? Because you have complete confidence that you're not going to get hurt even if you wrestle. There's a peace that comes in knowing that we can wrestle with our faith, that we can ask God tough questions, that he never gets angry with us. That he'll just keep putting us back on path. That he'll just keep putting us back where we need to be. There's a peace that comes in the practice of walking out of faith with Jesus Christ. In Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 9, Paul says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Anybody else read that and think, that was not me this week. Mm-mm. I was not rejoicing much. mm hmm my gentleness was not maybe really known to those around me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Some of y'all laughing at me because you know me and you were with me this week, but just know I was with you too, okay? Um, there was not really a gentle fest happening around some of us, okay? <laughs> right? <laughs> there were some things I felt strongly about that I forgot to maybe bring in prayer and petition with Thanksgiving, <laughs> Right? but you know what it says about these things that the peace of god which transcends all understanding will guard your heart and mind in christ jesus you know what really messes with the devil when you rejoice in the midst of your troubles there's that scripture in james that says "Count it all joy when you face trials and tribulations it almost sounds sarcastic Count it all joy. Are you being funny? No. This is how you defeat the devil. This is how you do it. You say, this thing is hard, and I bet the other side of it's going to be good. So I'm counting it as joy. I'm rejoicing in the midst of my trouble. And you know where gentleness comes from? Uh, Listen, obviously I'm not genteel, right? Right? But gentleness is not necessarily about how you walk through life. Gentleness is a peace in your spirit that lets people know the Lord is near. And it comes when you don't have a panic from the situations around you, when you're not consumed by the lack of control you feel in your life. If you've ever taught a teenager to drive, you know what it feels like to not be in control and be absolutely panicked, right? That first time that teenager emerges onto 40. <sighs> mm. this, is not, this is not where I felt my gentleness in my spirit, right? But gentleness comes when we don't panic for control. No one is gentle when they're grabbing for the control, and they're grabbing for the steering wheel, and they're trying to fix it all in themselves. There's no gentleness in that moment. So when we make the decision to rejoice in the Lord always, to count it all joy when we face trials and tribulations, when you rejoice that God is in control, then your gentleness announces that the Lord is near. Gentleness is not being mild. It's not being quiet or diminutive. It's saying, ooh, this is spirit, this soul, this person is at rest, is not flustered, is not riled up in its spirit because it knows that God is in control. And when I trust that God is in control, then my prayers and my petitions go before him with thanksgiving because I know that what I'm praying for, what I'm petitioning God for, also aligns with the will that he's placed inside of me to act and do according to his purpose. When I am aligned with God, when he is working within me, then my prayers and my petitions begin to align with his will. And when what I pray for and believe for aligns with the will of God, then I can already give thanks because I know that it is done according to his plan, purpose, and will. So there is a connection when I am in God, when I have turned the work of my life over to him, when I have wrestled with my faith and made the decision that he has access to me. And now I can begin to walk in the purpose and plan the life that he has for me. I can turn over control of the work being done to him. Then I can begin to rejoice in the Lord always. And I can pray and petition with thanksgiving because I have the peace of knowing that he is in the midst of everything. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen from me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. Think on good things because your thoughts become seed and just like the miracle seed that was planted, we plant the seed and God does the work. What you think about grows. And so when you think about The goodness of God. When you think about the things that are lovely and pleasing and right, when you begin to focus on the good things of God and not become overwhelmed by the trappings of this world, then what is planted in you will grow. And when you are thinking on lovely things, then lovely things grow in you. And when you are thinking on good things, then good things grow in you. It's biblical, (laughs) Whatever you begin to sow and think on and water, then God does the miracle and he will grow it. Put into action what you know. Hear him lead you. There is peace in the practice of faith when you do your work and God does his. It's just so much more peaceful when who is meant to do the work does it. It will never be peaceful if I lead worship because I am not meant to do that work. It's not my job to do. In our lives, today, this week, some of you may need to turn the curling iron wand over to the Lord. You're making a mess and you're panicked and you're feeling that chaos inside you and that rush of being in a hurry, but you don't even have anywhere to be. You know that feeling? Why am I so panicked? Why am I so overwrought? God, I just don't have any peace. You're trying to work things that aren't yours to work. You do your job and let God do his. And you today, if you need to take a moment to wrestle with your faith, if you need to take a moment to have a real conversation with God about where you and him are right now, do it. If you limp out of here, that's fine. Just get that faith wrestled with so that God can have access to you. He started a good work. In fact, his word says that the moment that you accepted him, that he deposited the Holy Spirit within you as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. Mm. You know you don't put a deposit on something you don't expect a return for. I would never waste my money making a deposit on something I didn't expect a return for. And the moment that you accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, the Holy Spirit was imparted to you. The Lord anointed you and sealed you as his own. And he who began that good work in your heart will see it through to completion. He always has a guarantee. There is purpose. There is good. There is peace for your life today. The very last verse in Philippians chapter 4 verse 23 says, The grace of of the Lord Jesus Christ to be with your spirit. Your spirit, his grace, his purpose, his plan, his peace, all his work. Listen, today, we're all at different seasons of our life on different paths and different journeys. We all have different things that we are moving through and walking through, things that we are facing. I'm sure I'm not the only one who has faced some things this week with a lack of an awareness of God being in control. But just for a moment, can we just stop striving and know That God is good. That he chose you. You who were not a people are now a people. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. You have been called out of darkness into his marvelous light that you may declare the praises of him. Mm. There's good work to be done in you. There's purpose. There's a Holy Spirit deep inside of you. And he will lead you. And he will guide you. And just know that every day you are walking in your purpose. All you have to do is say, Lord, I give it to you. Lead me. And let me follow the leading of your spirit. I want to know the good work you have for me. We're going to end just allowing Megan to lead us a little bit and build my life. I can't implore you enough. Remember, I can't do it for you. Wouldn't it be great if somebody could just come in there for us? It's like when my mom shows up and she does all my laundry. I know. You guys know I'm 40. It still happens, right? It's great. My mom comes. She stays at my house. I leave. I come back. All the laundry is done. She's cleaned things I don't even know needed to be cleaned, but apparently they did, right? It's fantastic. (laughs) If you'll just let God come in and do his job, let him do his job, let him work in you. Oh, there is peace in the practice of faith when you give him access to your life. Can we take a moment today and ask the Lord to just come in and let our life be built on him. Ask him today to take control over his job. Turn the keys over. He's got it covered. And there's work to be done. Grace for your spirit today.